Welcome to the Checkpoint Charlie podcast. I'm your host, Charlie James. I give you this spiel every time. Make sure you like, subscribe, do all the great things that you do to podcast. I would certainly appreciate that. Also, don't forget, tune in each weekday, 3 to 7, to News Talk 98.9 WRD, the voice of the Carolinas, for the Charlie James Show. I would appreciate that as well. So, just when you thought that the circus was about to come to an end, just when you thought, um, even though you may not have liked the, uh, the resolution, just when you thought this whole Speaker of the House thing was over with, whammo, you got slammed with a big, giant curveball. It was uh, earlier uh, this afternoon as I'm recording this program, we were talking with um, Bill Pasco from Tea Party Patriots, and he said, Charlie, I got breaking news for you. Tom Emmer has dropped out of this race for Speaker of the House. Now, Tom Emmer was the guy that was obviously going to be the designee for the Republicans in the race for the House of Representatives as a speaker. But at the last second, after he had already won all the votes that he needed to win to be the designee, bam, he dropped out. Why? Because there were 25 Republicans that said, we're not voting for you on the floor. This is not going to happen, Tom. So he said, well, instead of prolonging the fight, instead of, uh, you know, he had met with all of these people and uh, and all of that. Uh, uh, we all know that was done by a secret ballot, which I don't think should ever be done in government. I don't think anything in government should be done in secret. But that's the way uh, the rules of the House read under the Republicans. So. He drops out, and now we still don't have a Speaker of the House. Maybe it will be Byron Donalds. We don't know. Maybe um, maybe Jim Jordan will get back into the race. We don't know. Maybe, and I think this might be the case coming up, we're going to do a complete 360 and go right back to Kevin McCarthy. How much anybody want to bet that happens? That's that's kind of my gut feeling right now as I'm recording this, that that all of this stuff was just one big, you know, roundabout. And we're going to end up exactly where we started with Kevin McCarthy. But even even in that case, hopefully, maybe Kevin McCarthy would have learned his lesson to keep your promises. It would be, you know, it'd be a crazy lesson to learn. But uh, but maybe if this whole thing works out, because right now we have been stuck with an interim speaker of the House, not even really a speaker pro tem, so to speak, but an, an interim speaker in in McHenry, Bowtie McHenry from North Carolina. Now, this is interesting. This has been very interesting because it's the first time this has ever happened. This is the first time that the Speaker of the House seat has ever been vacated in the history of the United States. And we are all on interesting territory here. So after 9-11, they came up with this uh, new Speaker pro tem uh, sort of a rule. Now, this was a secret thing. This is a secret thing where the Speaker of the House gave a secret list of people that were to follow him or, or, or uh, people that would be the Speaker pro tem. And the Speaker pro tem's job is he's got one job, one job, and that's it. The only job of the Speaker pro tem is to gavel the House into session and elect a new Speaker of the House. And when that's done, he's supposed to hand the gavel over to the new Speaker of the House. Well... Come to find out, 
that actually Bowtie McHenry has been overstepping his bounds. Remember when he kicked Nancy Pelosi out of her office and he kicked uh, Steiny Hoyer out of his office? That actually went above and beyond the power and the authority that McHenry had, even though it was glorious to watch, even though I did literally laugh out loud when I found out this happened. It was just something that he was not supposed to do. The only thing that he's supposed to do, like I said, is gavel in, elect a new Speaker of the House, and then gavel out. That's it. Nothing more than that. So where we are, like I said, has already been kind of interesting. It really is kind of interesting because, again, this is history making. Nobody's ever seen this before. And I don't think the people in the House of Representatives really know how to act right now. But it is imperative that we get a Speaker of the House. Now, we all know that uh, Matt Gates led eight, uh, seven other Republicans, including uh, Nancy Mace from here in South Carolina, to remove Kevin McCarthy as the speaker, because they said, and I agree with them, Kevin McCarthy did not live up to his promises. So get rid of him. I mean, that's what you do if you're a business owner. If you've got somebody that's applying for a job and they come in, they're going to do this, that, and the other thing. Or if you even hire a contractor, we're going to do this, that, and the other thing, and they don't do that, what do you do? You fire those people and you go find somebody that will actually do the job that they say they were going to do. But Instead of doing that, McCarthy decided to tiptoe across the lawn to the White House and make deals with Joe Biden and the Democrats, deals that would ultimately hurt this country, like raising the debt limit oh, to an un unbelievable uh, uh, record high. And then he worked on the continuing resolution, giving... Uh, <laughs> Basically, just rolling over and playing dead for the Democrats. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm getting really sick and tired of Republicans rolling over and playing dead for the Democrats. So because of that, Kevin McCarthy got boosted as Speaker of the House. I don't have a problem with any of that. Again, another thing that actually made me chuckle. And in fact, what it really gave me was a sense of hope. It gave me a sense of hope that maybe, 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 for the first time in a long, long time, we've actually got some members of the House of Representatives who actually have a backbone. And I will honestly say that I have been pleasantly surprised at how Nancy Mace has acted during this whole debacle. Now, Nancy Mace and I, we know each other personally. I've got her number on my cell phone. We... <laughs> we, we've hung out together a little bit, but she has really disappointed me in several on several instances. The first one being with um, Ken Paxton's lawsuit back during the 2020 election where she said, oh, this is unconstitutional. And then she also voted to have um, uh, Steve Bannon actually arrested and thrown in federal prison. So anyway, but that's neither here nor there. Um so Nancy Mace and I have had some huge disagreements, but on this, I got to give her credit. She has stood strong and she has stood strong in the face of a lot of adversity. And I kind of got to admire that about her. Where we will go from here, I don't know. We've had her on the show a couple of times, but, uh, but we will see exactly how she acts in the future. In the meanwhile, we are still 
without a Speaker of the House. And for some reason, and I'm not sure what this reason is, I've got a real sense of calm about it. You know, you would think if we here in the United States did not have a Speaker of the House, that it would be a reason to panic. But I'm not panicking. I mean, I'm enjoying the show. I'll be honest with you. Uh, watching all of these people um, uh, put their names in the hat for Speaker of the House and watching how all of these people are reacting. And, and I'm just sitting back watching this going, you know what? I, I, there's a couple of good things going on here. Number one, we're not spending any money. Because all spending bills have to start in the House, so we're not really spending any money right now. So that's certainly got to be in some way, some sort of a benefit for the American taxpayer when the House is not doing what the House does, and that is spend money like drunken sailors. Apologies to all you drunken sailors out there. But it is a good refreshing break. I mean, to know that they're not doing more damage than they normally do when they do have a Speaker of the House. But I'm completely okay with this. I mean, after all, I'm one of the people that wanted the shutdown. I did not want the continuing resolution passed because I wanted the government to shut down. And now I kind of I kind of got the best of both worlds here now because the Democrats and Republicans, they're out there, oh, if you shut down the government, this person's going to lose their job and that we're not going to be able to pay these people. And this is, and we all, that was a whole bunch of BS. But now, again, best of both worlds. The government's still running. Everything's still humming along. But no more money is being spent. And that's really the problem with Washington. It's not that they spend money, that is a problem, but they spend more money than they actually need to. And that's just not happening right now. And I'm okay with that. And I'm pretty sure you are too. I'm just quite content sitting back and making sure that we get the right person in office. I hope that's Byron Donald's. This young man, what, he's 44 years old. He's uh, on his second term in Congress, and he, uh, he was actually chosen. And he's a member of the Freedom Caucus, which is a big plus, too. And he was chosen by the members of the Freedom Caucus to be one of their representatives here recently, to be one of their spokesmen. So that just kind of goes to show you just how highly he is thought of by the members of the Freedom Caucus. And that's certainly a good thing. It's certainly a positive. Another positive, and much less of a positive here, but he would be the first African-American Speaker of the House. Now, that's a good thing on its face, but a little more importantly to me, it would make sure that Hakeem Jeffries is not the first African-American Speaker of the House, because I just don't like Hakeem Jeffries. And if this designation, if this honor of being the first person of color to be the Speaker of the House is going to go to anybody, I would much rather it go to a good conservative Republican like Donald's. Yeah, I mean, that would just kind of take the wind out of Hakeem Jeffries' sails, and nothing makes me happier than thinking about that. But none of that really matters. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter your race or, or anything like that. What matters are your ideals and your ideology and where exactly you rely or where exactly you lie on the political spectrum. 
Byron Donalds has shown himself to be a pretty darn good conservative in the two uh, terms that he's had in Congress, and I certainly hope he has many, many more. So I'm willing to wait. I'm willing to sit back, and I'm willing to let the, uh, the Democrats say all the things that they're going to say. I'm completely happy to take the barbs and the jokes and the jabs from all the people in the mainstream media. I'm completely okay with that. I don't, I don't mind that one little bit. I'm completely okay to have people talk about what a constitutional crisis we're in when, in fact, even according to uh, the Harvard Review, uh, this isn't a constitutional crisis. We don't have one right now. So I'm happy. Just sit back, watch the show, grab the popcorn, see what goes on, see what kind of crazy hijinks are going to come up next, because you know they are going to come up next, and wait and get a really good Speaker of the House. Because, folks, it's been a while. It has been a minute since we had a good Speaker of the House. You go look back at Paul Ryan, and I'll never forget, I will never forget Paul Ryan's comments after Donald Trump won the White House, after the Republicans won the House, and the Republicans won the Senate. And a reporter asked Paul Ryan, what are you going to do, to do now? And Paul Ryan's response was, well, I guess we're going to have to learn how to govern. Well, that told me everything I needed to know about Paul Ryan that he was quite content with the, with, with the Democrats being in power. And all he had to do, his main job, was to stand up and just cry foul whenever they did something he didn't like. Also told me that he really wasn't in Washington to govern. He was more of a spectator. Well, Eddie Munster, I'm glad you're gone. And then you go back to John Boehner. John Boehner, who seemed like the only thing he wanted to do was have a nice cry, a smoke, a bourbon, and a lie in the tanning bed, and then do whatever the Democrats wanted him to say. I'll never forget him weeping, weeping, when he handed the gavel to Nancy Pelosi. That was a very embarrassing moment for this country. Well, he was an embarrassment the whole time. He was the guy that rolled over and played dead again, time and time again to the Democrats. So whomever is elected Speaker of the House, I wish them good luck, Godspeed, and I certainly hope they've got the backbone and the tenacity to fight these Democrats at every single turn. Because folks, conservatism is the only thing that is going to save this country. And even more so, it's the only thing that's going to save this world. This is the Checkpoint Charlie Podcast.